Welcome to the Diamond Project Show. I am your host, Louisa Nicola. I am a former triathlete, mathematician, and neuro performance coach. I am your brain coach. I know what it takes to succeed at the highest levels, and I'm here to show you how you can get from where you are to where you want to be. This show is designed to teach you scientific mental strategies that you can use to implement to see results fast. So expect to be fearless, take notes and take action. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, this is Louisa Nicola and welcome back to the Diamond Project Show. This is episode nine. Today's quite interesting. Today, I am the one in the hot seat. I am the one who gets interviewed. Recently, I had the opportunity and the privilege of being interviewed by the wonderful Ben Bellucci from Bellucci Basketball Academy. So he's the head coach of his academy, pro trainer. And we go into everything regarding neuroathletics, regarding what athletes, specifically basketball players, must do to get their mental game at their peak. And I know you guys are going to want to hear this because he asked me absolutely everything from my upbringing to my experience with athletes and I share some of my latest and greatest strategies that you can use to implement today into your daily routine even if you don't have that much time in the mornings this stuff is still very valuable. Um, Just on a side note, I'm here in New York City. So I'm not in Australia. I'm actually in beautiful, sunny Manhattan. So if you are listening to this and you are around, please uh, send me an email, info at neuroathletics.com.au and we can meet up and have coffee. I'd love to hear about your story if you're an athlete. But for now, let's get into the podcast. Hey guys, happy to have Luisa Nicola on the show, a mental performance coach, worked with many athletes all over the world, has a lot of good insight to share with us, and you know, just happy to have you here. So Luisa, first question we're going to get into is, how did you come up with your name? What is your whole business based upon? And, and you know, kind of give us like a little background of yourself. I love this question because sometimes people hear the diamond boss and they ask me if I have any affiliations with diamonds. And I always have to explain to people the story. So the way the Diamond Boss came about was I was a triathlete, um, very competitive triathlete. I raced for Australia. And prior to actually, you know, racing for Australia, I remember my coach telling me that um, he's going to turn me into a diamond. And I didn't understand what that meant. And he said, I'm going to place you under immense pressure. We're going to train you. We're going to refine you. And then in, you know, four or five years, we... um, you know, when the Olympics are on, we're going to all the World Championship Series. We're going to we're going to take you there, and that's when we can call you a diamond. And nice. so, I took yeah, so I took that upon myself to really understand that when you place a lot of pressure under yourself on yourself as an athlete, and you become a diamond, you can actually achieve anything you want. And so that's how the Diamond Boss came about. Very really. cool. But my my that's. That's my, that, I'd like to call that my stage name or my uh, my ultra ego name, but my <laughs> actual business name, my company's name is Neuro Athletics. Gotcha. Nice. So what actually inspired yeah. you to, you know, kind of take that approach into, you know, sports and performance? I mean, that's kind of unique in itself. Yeah. Well, look, I've always been sports obsessed and being an ex-athlete myself, I was always looking for the winning edge. And, you know, like especially as a triathlete, like we're training five hours, six hours a day and you, there, there comes a point in your 
in your career where you can't get any fitter, your skills can't get any better, the tactics you're using are not going to change. So the only thing that can grow really is your mind. Mm -hmm. So I started training my own mind and then I saw the effects that it had on me. So I started teaching it to the people around me and then I went traveling. I went around the world visiting talent hotbeds, which are you know, places around the world where professional athletes, you know, are based. And that's how I got the approach. I fell in love with it. And I believe that that makes the difference between a gold medalist and an average athlete. Yeah, no, that, that's that's amazing. I mean, Michael Jordan, especially in our yeah. field as basketball coaches and trainers, you know, Michael Jordan always said it was 80% mental, 20% physical. And I guess uh, you've oh. kind of had a lot of grips yeah. on that. So. Who have you actually worked with? What stories could you share with us to the audience that would be, I guess, inspiring as far as like getting results with your program? Yeah, look, I've worked, you know, I started off just working with soccer players in Australia. And then from there, I worked with, uh, we have in Australia, AFL, um, just a type of football. And then I came to America and I reached out and I've been working with NFL players, NBA players, and recently um, professional boxers in Mm -hmm. New York. And it's so amazing to see the differences in all of the different athletes, but there's one common ingredient that they all have, and that's hunger. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, like looking at everybody and seeing and understanding their story, they really do whatever they have to do to be number one. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. Do you think, I mean, yeah. I guess this is the biggest the biggest question in basketball. And as a, as a trainer of many athletes, can you teach that killer instinct? Is that, is that even possible? Does that exist? I don't, you know, you, I think you're born with that desire. I think you can teach, you can teach anybody to run. You can, if you've got the determination, you can get there. However, we all have to have, um, we all have to have self-awareness to know what we're good at. You know, someone mm-hmm. who's very heavy is not going to be a marathon runner, no matter how many times that they train. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's going to be, there's always a type of DNA in there. So I believe that if you've got that, that gene, that, that gene to, you know, of hunger to do better, then you can really achieve anything. Mm-hmm. That's great. How, how could you apply your methods to basketball players? Is there, can, you, can you kind of walk us through like a program if let's say you have a player for six to eight weeks and you kind of see where they're lacking oh. after going through like their game film or going to like a live game or event and you're, you're watching them, I guess, work their ass off in practice and then you see them get into a game and you kind of see them freeze up. Like what are some exercises that you would do? Like how does this all work? Yeah. Well, look, so what we do at NeuroAthletics neuro being neurological so we we deal a lot with the brain and we use five different types of electroencephalograms through my business so that is a an eeg measures the brainwave activity in your head so there's four different types of brainwaves so what we do on the initial consultation is we actually we actually take a 45 minute it's called a neuro performance test so we find out what's actually happening in your brain without you knowing for example, with some basketball players that we've recently worked with, we put an EEG on their heads and we measured their neural activity when they took a jump shot. And mm. what we found was there's certain areas of the brain that light up and there's certain areas of the brain that don't light up but that should. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what this tells us is no matter how good you feel, okay, no matter how good you feel on the outside, when you're going in into a game, if you've got 
any type of performance anxiety, your brain is affected to a level that you don't even know about. Mm. And that, in turn, affects your performance. So we, we look at somebody's inner brain, if you will, and we cultivate a mental performance program from that. So we work with them. So, for example, if you or any of your players are suffering even a minor a minor part of performance anxiety, we really take a, a thorough approach in finding out where that's coming from. And that could be coming from past experiences. Mm-hmm. That could be coming from lack of confidence. You know, have you ever felt, you know, you're an ex-basketball player yourself, have you ever gone into a game and you just don't feel 100% confident in yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that happens a lot with players. I think they, they kind of go into a game and, you know, they – they all of a sudden they freeze up. It's like, you know, the it's like the, yeah. the students getting ready for the big test and they study the night before and they go in and they forget everything. I mean, is that kind of, you know, uh, similar to what happens with athletes? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to take a more simplistic approach, we can really identify that as self-doubt. Okay, we hear a lot in sports psychology this notion of self-doubt and that comes from a lack of, mental preparation, that comes from lack of physical preparation, that comes from, you know, an athlete may prepare three or four weeks, you know, leading up to the actual game day, but what if they do six months prior? That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in what you're doing every single day Mm -hmm. for six months prior to your game day. Mm -hmm. That's interesting stuff. I know our last conversation, you, you mentioned something to me that kind of stuck out. I don't know if it's if you can get into detail with it, but did you say there's some sort of a chemical effect on the body once they start freezing up that affects them? I think you mentioned something in the gut. Is that is that correct? Absolutely. So there is a there is a direct response in your brain and gut. There is a really there's a really really strong relationship between your brain and your gut. And you you know often when we get anxious or when we get depressed, or when we're upset, we go and we hack life. We think, why am I upset? It could be, you know, someone did something to me. Instead of, like, hacking life, we need to look at our gut, because our Mm -hmm. gut actually determines how we feel. Mm -hmm. And if there's a chemical imbalance in there, for example, with the foods that you're eating, with the lack of sleep, Mm -hmm. uh, dehydration, then that all affects how you feel, and that could affect your game day performance. Yeah, I mean, you see it happen all the time. Players, they go in on an empty stomach to a training session or a workout and, and they feel lightheaded and they can't perform. I mean, it's kind of nutrition, you know, eating, all this stuff goes hand in hand. I guess I have one more question for you. Then I want to s- switch it over to uh, Joey, who is a coach, and he works with a lot of players and kind of uh, get into some questions with that. You know, what what would you kind of wrap it up as far as what is the difference between a successful athlete and an average athlete? Is it obviously goes back to the mental stamina, but... Is there anything else that you would, I guess, add into that, you know, statement or question that I'm asking? Look, I believe, I used to, you know, I used to just number, drum it down to hunger and perseverance. But what I've seen, I guess, in the last six months of research from myself and from other, you know, scientific researchers is if you've got focus endurance, okay, now that is, the ability to maintain focus on the one task and I believe you will have success mm-hmm. because if you have the ability to focus on one task at the one time for the appropriate amount of time that you need then you'll be able to do, you'll be able to work up a 
a daily mental performance program. And if you do that, if you have this endurance, just like when you train your body, if you train your mind every single day and mm-hmm. you can actually withstand it for a minimum of six months, that will mean the difference between a gold medalist and an average athlete. Wow. So, you know, to elaborate on that just a little bit, if you were to go in and work with the athlete and you go through a mm. whole bunch of drills, you leave, you go, you're flying around the world, you work with all these different athletes, what are some things that they can do while you're not there? What are some, like, uh, exercise, I guess, like, they can do daily by themselves? Is it, like, through a computer? Is it, you know, visualization, breathing? Like, what does it, in, you know, consist yeah. of? Look, the first thing that I, I ensure every athlete to do prior to, you know, when... You, you train your body before you even, you know, before you even go out there and race. For example, you need to warm your body up. Mm-hmm. You need to activate certain muscles. It's just like mental performance. Before you even dig into a mental performance program, you really need to understand who you are. So, prior to doing any type of mental performance routine, I really get the athlete to understand what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what do they really want, and why are they actually in this sport. Mm-hmm. Once they identify all of these different different things about themselves, we can then move into focusing on a mental performance program. And one of the one of the skills that I make all of the athletes train is meditation Mm -hmm. it's so simple but it's so important i mean that's that's really tough to tell an athlete you know because a lot of successful athletes are very like active and their mind's always going to to tell them to slow down and to stay present i'm sure is it takes a lot of practice because it just doesn't happen overnight especially you know sitting still and breathing for for five minutes is three minutes is you know Mm -hmm. nearly impossible for some people who just start off uh, so what type of advice do you give them, I guess, as far as like finding their own inner peace? Like what is, what's something that they could focus on? They just have to do it. I've currently got a a wonderful athlete. His, his name is Junior Sal. He was, he's a professional rugby player. He was at the top of his game in Australia and he's now being recruited in the UK. So he plays over there, 31, around 30 years old. And you know, he's a big, macho man who doesn't really... <laughs> He didn't really know too much about meditation, but once I introduced it to him and I made it explicit that he needs to do it every single day, he hasn't missed a day. And he oh. sent me a text two weeks ago saying, Louisa, my mind is so calm. It, it, was, it was about two months of meditation for him when he sent this message. He said, I've had my best game yet. Wow. He had no... And that's the thing. You know, I hear excuses a lot. Like if, if somebody, what you just said, you know, how can we help athletes who can't even sit still? If they can't sit still and they don't really want to sit still, then they don't really want to be number one. Right. The priority is not there if they're not, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to get yeah. to that next level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that makes a lot of sense. So, well, I'm going to switch it over to Joey. He's my, mm-hmm. my co-host and he's, he's currently coaching a few teams here in, uh, in New York. And, you know, he has a few questions for you on, on the coaching side. So I'm going to switch over the mic to him. Yeah, Louisa, so I just want to say, like, thank you so much for this. I mean, I've learned so much from you just in this short little period of time talking with you. Um, this is real good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> so, as Ben's saying, I, I coach at the JV level right now. So, as a coach, um, if I was to notice something, like, with my players, like, he's in a shooting slump or just something's going wrong, I can see it uh, going on. Like, what's something I could tell him just as a coach with – you know, very little bad. I mean, this is the most I've really heard about this. This is brand new stuff to me. It's like, what's something like I could just say, like, just to help him out a little bit? 
Well, look, some of the reasons why we go through a slump, it's actually, it's pretty common, especially among elite athletes. It's got to do with goal setting. So once an athlete, and I call it the Clinton effect because Bill Clinton, once he's, once he's finished his residency, he didn't actually know what he was doing, so he went through a slump and he went into depression. And we find that, you know, on a minor scale with athletes, once they're, once they have achieved all of their goals in a game, they kind of get complacent and lazy and then they get into a slump without them even knowing. So as long as they keep, you know, they keep pushing and they have set points in every game and that's um, the job of, the, of a coach to keep encouraging them to do better than what they did in their last game, then they've always got something to strive for. But I would say having a look at all of the measures, having a look at their sleep, um, you know, their sleeping patterns, having a look at what they've been eating, having a look at their their self-talk, which has a lot to do with it, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. Yeah, awesome. Do you think there's anything I could maybe incorporate in my practices? I mean, I only practice with these guys, you know, four, sometimes five days a week. And, you know, it's a lot of just plays and offenses and defense. And we touch on a little bit of training here and there. But is there something that, I mean, I could squeeze into these little hour and a half practices every now and then? Well, just going on what I just said with the positive self-talk, I I did a lot of research on Muhammad Ali. And it's it's not by accident that Muhammad went out and actually, you know, you know how he used to scream, I am the best, I am the greatest? He did that because... When you understand the brain, you, you like you understand that you can train it to believe whatever you want. And he was doing that deliberately. Whatever you put out there in words into the world, mm-hmm. it has a direct effect on how your brain perceives it. So yeah. something that I include in with all of my athletes, no matter who they are, no matter how great they are, I get them to form you know one sentence affirmations about themselves, which I get them to repeat and repeat, and I put that in the pre into their pre performance um, routine. So. What we do as part of their program, we work with athletes for a six-week period, and we actually do a we we have a pre-performance routine that we do for all of them, and that's specially you know made for them. So one yeah. of them is um, their affirmations. I just actually just have one more question. I'm going to switch it over to Matt, who is actually a current player. But just one awesome. one question from me, me coaching. Sometimes you know I feel the pressure a little bit, even though I might not be the one out there. Sometimes, you know, you might get blamed for that loss or how come you didn't do this or that. Uh, what's something you mm. could give to me as a coach to maybe work on? To work on, on overcoming losses? Yeah, or like the, just maybe to the over- pressure. Yeah, like that pressure, like feeling like, okay, like I got to do this. Like we have to win now. And, you know, like now I might be overthinking a little bit in my head during the game. And uh, what's something that like you mm. could make me like maybe calm down or like, hey, like, hey, relax. Like this is all going to be okay. Well, every... I think that every coach needs to be leading by example. So I would always give, I would always give the coach an effective, an effective mental performance program as well. Mm-hmm. However, as a coach, something that we don't look at is the long term effects. Okay, so mm-hmm. when you do incur a loss and we put it, you know, a negative spin on ourselves, instead of looking at it as a, uh, as a mistake, not a mistake. You know how when you, we look at mistakes and they actually build character and we learn from them. It's the exact same with the losses in a game. If you can get yourself to the position of confidence and you can believe that at the end of the day or at the end of the year you're going to win, then then you'll have a much better effect on your own mental performance. That's that's awesome. I mean, thank you so much. Uh, I mean, I feel like already like just just this little like blurb, I can already like see myself incorporating this a little bit. 
So uh, I'm switching over to Matt, Thank you. current player. Matt, go ahead with your questions. Yeah, uh, Matt Purcell here. Again, thank you for coming on our podcast. This is awesome having you. Thank you. Yeah, so coming from more of a player's standpoint, I'm a current D3 college yeah. basketball player, but I'm transferring to a better school. It'll be tougher to play there. So a question I have is what would give somebody that mental edge who's going into a situation where – and it could be anything. It can be from my standpoint going to a tougher school. It could be someone going from that JV to the varsity level, going from college to pro. Just what gives somebody that mental edge that almost makes them beat the odds? So this is a really great question because I believe that you're never going to win the race if you're racing against people who are exact at the exact same level as you or who are slower than you. So the first thing you need to understand is that no matter what, no matter when you're going to a harder school or into a harder team and you know, they, their skills may be a bit more refined than yours, you, you, should be, you, know, you should be excited because you know that you're going to get better. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is you need to believe that you are at that level or even better. Because once you have that belief, that belief turns into thoughts which turns into actions. So once you start to believe you are a certain thing in this world, your body will actually just get you there. So start off with that belief. You don't need to go to you don't need to go, you know, too complex with thinking, oh my gosh, I need to study my opponents, I need to become better, I need to go and get fitter start with that belief and everything else will come into fruition yeah that's awesome yeah well great well so we're just gonna you know wrap things up here i think we we got a cool perspective from a trainer and and you know someone who's you know i've I've played at a high level too so a lot of the stuff that you're saying to me is is uh really relevant you know I, i played basketball in europe I was telling these guys, I would do incantations where I'd say stuff out loud to kind of really yes. kind of get my emotions going. I had goals written down and then I'd visualize, I'd put like a YouTube clip on of like uh, LeBron James or Carmelo Anthony and I'd actually go through mm. those plays before I even touch, you know, the court. And, you know, I played at a high level, you know, it was physical in Europe and I did it for four years. And if you didn't bring that mental edge, like you don't last and you don't get paid, you know. So mm. a lot of the stuff that you're saying right now, it kind of goes right back to I think it's it's the the little stuff like that which separates the greats, you know. And I think if you don't even have yeah. an awareness of that, you know, I don't know how yeah. far your career can actually go. And I like how you said, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer too. Is like, you know, know your strengths, know what you're good at, triple down on them, you know, go yeah. all in, and then you know, really kind of try to focus on. You know, you can still focus on your weaknesses, I believe. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you think you have a longer career if you go with your strengths, especially at a professional level? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, just on that um, that statement that you said of Carmelo Anthony, I want to ask, sorry, I want to ask the player yep. on this podcast a question. Have you ever trained at 1 a.m. in the morning or 2 a.m. in the morning? No, I haven't. Carmelo Anthony, what's he sitting on right now? Is he sitting? Is he one of the best players um, in the NBA, or yeah. at least in the Knicks? I'd, yeah, I'd put him up there. Yeah, do you think he's better than you? Definitely. Definitely. Three weeks ago, he was training on a soccer field at two in the morning. Wow, I saw that actually. Yeah, yeah he's. I th- I think this has been a big motivation year, motivational year for him. I saw that he was he did the one o'clock. I know he just put like a video up of it and then I saw him yeah. doing those like wind sprints on the soccer field late night yeah he was on the soccer field we were there it was 
observing New York. It was 1am. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't too cold. But it made me really think, if the best is doing that, then why does everybody else have an excuse? Right, right, yeah. So true. Do you think that comes from fear of not performing or is it just an excuse to say that's why I didn't make it or that's why I'm not good? I mean, where where do you think that that, that actually stems from? Because, you know, I was actually one of those guys where I would always try to get up before school. My thought was, you know, everyone's still sleeping in bed. If I can go and get my shots up every morning before everyone even wakes up, I'm going to get that much farther ahead in my basketball career. You know, so I, I guess... That's something, do you think that you can teach actual athletes that type of work ethic or do you think it's like internal? It's something that they want, the self-motivation. I, look, I think it's, it's 80% internal and DNA and then 20% can be taught because a lot of, what I'm finding a lot of, especially at a youth level, is people or players don't actually know what they can be doing. Mm-hmm. So once, the thing is, once, once you unlock the, the education and you teach a player, hey, this is what you can be doing, it's up to them to go and implement right. it. You know, I, 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 I've seen hundreds of athletes and I and thousands of youth athletes, and I can tell you that I, you can only get so much from me. You can only get so much from the book. You know, you can only get so much from podcasts. Yep. At the end of the day, you wake up with you and you go to sleep with you. No one's going to be there 24-7 to, you know, Come on, Mikey, get up and let's go. Right. It's up to you. Right. And if you need someone to always motivate you, you're obviously not not motivated yourself to, to you know, accomplish yes. big things. I completely believe in that. I don't think that, you know, some people say, oh, you're that motivational speaker. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't, I, I really don't want to be, to be that. I don't want to motivate people. People come to me because they're motivated enough to do better. Right. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes back yeah. for, for me. I've worked, you know, with about a thousand kids a year and, I always tell people this and they sometimes don't like it, but you know, we're just a small part of athletes, I guess, success. You know, they're the ones who are going out doing the work. We're just education experience in, you know, in the human body that we're trying to give back to whoever's coming to us. Cause these, these small mm-hmm. percentages of people who are successful, there's no secret to it. They work their ass off. You know, that's yeah. one in the morning, two in the morning. That's not by any mistake. You know, he, he's got something to prove next year. Carmelo Anthony, you know, you're going to see it in, in what he does because he's never worked like this before. He's from Syracuse, so he's from our hometown. We're, we're in Syracuse, New York, and he never, ever touched a basketball outside of practice. He was just a gamer, he, and that tells you how good he was. And I read somewhere that Except the first that time... everyone's born for something. Yeah, I mean, it, I read the first time he ever worked out outside of practice was when he, his second year in the NBA. He didn't work out as a rookie. He started doing boxing, getting his mm-hmm. body fit and shooting. So, you know, it, it, I guess... This kind of goes back to, to something else, too, is something triggered him to say, like, I got something to prove at this late in his career. I believe that everybody has has a destination in life, and I believe what they do to get to their destination is just their vehicle. So mm-hmm. whether he's, you know, whether he wants to, he has this internal belief that he wants to be the world's number one um, NBA player so he can do X, Y, and Z, we will, I will never know, but I always believe that the most successful people in the world have a why and have an end mm-hmm. goal that they want to contribute to the world. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
Well, Louisa, thank you so much for coming on this show. You know, we're we're trying thank to you. we're we're, uh, we're trying to end our show with either you can give like a piece of advice to the audience, or you can even ask the question. It's just something that you feel is just on your heart, your mind, and you know the crowd can you know gain some value from. Okay, something that's a little piece of advice that I want to give everyone, and if you don't if you don't understand it too much, then I speak a lot about it every single day on my social media channels. It is the brain will always win. It will always come first. Meaning, no matter how fit you are, no matter how, you know, no matter what you're eating, no matter about anything, your brain will always come first. So once you learn to train your brain and then your mind, which lives inside of your brain, that's when you'll truly become successful at your art. So the question I have is, what are the mental performance barriers that you have currently and what are you doing each and every day to work on them, to overcome them? That's awesome. And to, to, that's mine. That's awesome. And this has been such an awesome interview. We're so happy we had you on here. Can you tell the, the audience and listeners where they can find you and follow you and all, all your social media platforms that they can you know gain some information from you? Definitely. If you go on to, I share a lot on my um on my personal Instagram, which is underscore the Diamond Boss, but I also have a Facebook page, which is Neuro Athletics, N-E-U-R-O Athletics, and I also have a podcast on SoundCloud that you can find all of the details on my um, on my personal Instagram. Awesome, great. Well, thank you so so much, and we're gonna Thanks, really man. look into this stuff, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna blast this everywhere so people can really athletes can really understand the importance of the mental edge so thanks again and we'll be in touch Louisa thank you so much Ben cheers have fun Guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm Louisa Nicola. I greatly appreciate your time. If you could go through, please, and rate this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me. Have a fantastic day.